Welcome to our fourth podcast. Today I'm going to be talking with Ben about uh, the school system here in Australia. Ben is actually a Year 12 student at uh, the school that I work at in, uh, in Melbourne. I actually work as an independent school, as I may have mentioned in a previous podcast. Ben has actually had the opportunity of studying overseas in a German school. So with today's podcast, we're going to do some comparisons uh, between the Australian school system as well as the German school system. And also, we hope to give you an idea of, uh, of how schooling is, tre- is treated and structured in Australia, as well as some of the associated costs with uh, the education of a child. So first of all, hi Ben, and welcome to our fourth podcast. Yes, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Ben's feeling a bit strange at the moment, but we'll see how he goes. <laughs> um, first of all, just in terms of, of structure... At, uh, in Australian schools, we have uh, kindergarten, which is mainly for three. And four. You can have three-year-old kinder as well as four-year-old kinder. And like a lot of other uh, schools in Anglophone countries, we have primary schools, secondary schools, as well as the tertiary system. Typically with kindergarten, as I just mentioned before, it could go for two years. Uh, parents have an option as to whether or not they send their kids to uh, three-year-old kinder. But uh, there's four-year-old kinder, and then after that, they go to primary school. Uh, With primary school, uh, that goes for seven years. Uh, The very first year is called prep, and then they have grades one, two, three, four, five, and six. Then after that, they have six levels at secondary school, and of course, uh, our tertiary system. So, Ben, you're in your final year at uh, secondary school, and you're just about to finish. How are you coping? Well, obviously, it's my final year, so since I'm in the state of Victoria... I'm currently doing my VCE, Victorian Certificate of, Ed- of Education. Mm-hmm. But, um, yes, it's a very, very stressful year because there's a lot of different assessment tasks. For example, these things called SACs. We do have the big exams, which um, happen at the very end of this year. Because the Australian <coughs> academic year finishes up in uh, October, November for Year yep. 12 students, That's whereas right. in Europe it's a different story because they finish up just before their summer holidays in uh, in May, so your big exams are, are heading your way. That's right. Uh, so it's a very daunting process. So why is it daunting for you? Uh, because the um, the exams basically count for the the majority of the marks that you receive at the end. Um, so you do get, I think, 50% of your exam mark counts for the certain subject that you do. And um, once you get all the the marks together, they give you this thing called a study score um, for each subject, and then they use your study score to produce a... An inter-score? An inter-score, an inter-score, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that determines... Um, whether you get a university place for a certain subject, for a mm. certain course. Mm. So I suppose in terms of subjects that you have this year um, at VC, what's the the number at Year 12 is five subjects that you have to do. Yep. So what are the obligatory subjects and the subjects that you've chosen for well, this year? There, may, there are four main subjects that you have to do, um, and one of them needs to be English. Now, VC is very flexible because you can do an extra two subjects if you wish, and these two subjects are called your increments, and they're only worth um, 10% of your study score. Mm. So, for example, if your fifth subject is chemistry and you get 48 out of 50 as your study score for that, su- for that subject, um, 
the, since it's going to be an increment, the mark will be worth 4.8. Mm. So that's how it works. Okay. So for your university study next year, what do you think you, you're going to do? Well, I'm hoping to get into Melbourne University, um, probably doing commerce law in, uh, in Melbourne University. And a lot of universities in Victoria, you can do double degrees. Mm. And they're very common that people usually do that. Um, so why Melbourne U- University in particular? Because there's so many others in Melbourne, like La Trobe and Footscray, Footscray yep. Uni. And, and Monash University and Monash, as well. Yeah, yep, why do you have right. a preference for this particular um, one? I think Melbourne University's law school is very prestigious and it's one of the best in Australia. Um, according to them, they're actually the 19th best university in the world. Mm. Um, but there are many options as well. Um, I think Monash University is also highly regarded as well. Um, Deakin and Latrobe also have um, Commerce Law, mm. but um, it's very it's very flexible in terms of getting into university because if you don't get the best enter score that you wish, or the enter score which you require to get into this specific course, then you can always get into another course and transfer later when you're in university. Okay. Um, well, here you are at the close to the end of your secondary education, um, and you've actually been at the same school uh, for both pri- your primary education as well as your secondary. Um, no, I only no. started at this school, which is a private school, in year four. Mm, okay. Um, but before then, I was at a, pr- a local primary school, government school, mm. um, since prep, so from prep to year three, end of year three, mm. I was at a local government school. And what do you think about being at uh, an all-boys school? Because it's you know, certainly a very common, uh, very common thing in Australia that you have single-sex education, uh, whereas in Europe it's, uh, it's a bit of an oddity, really, yep. because uh, you know, they're, they're all co-educational. Yep. So for you, what do you think about being at an all-boys school for so many years? Well, um, when I first started in year four, I thought it was a bit strange because there weren't any girls around. Mm. But um, you sort of get used to it. And, of course, um, you do have friends outside school who are of the opposite sex. And um, you always see them during the weekends and during the holidays. So mm. there's, it's not such a big problem, I think. Okay. But, um, yeah, I mean, when I went back to Germany, when I went to Germany on my exchange, um, I went to a co-ed school and... Yeah, it was it was very different mm. in, in terms of the in yeah. terms of the environment, um, and in just in terms of the way that the teachers really structured and taught their lessons, it was different mm. compared to, I think, a single sex school. Did you find it more academic or more rigid or more lecture style in their th- presentation? Yeah, or? I think it was more lecture style. Um, there wasn't much. I think actually there was a bit more class participation. Um, than here in Australia, mm. but um, it was sort of really, really structured, really rigid in terms of having a class discussion and at the same time having a lecture. Mm. Okay. Also, uh, with your education, your secondary and part of your primary education uh, has been at an independent school just to, uh, in terms of some statistics here, uh, 28% of the schools in Australia are independent and uh, or Catholic, whereas the other 72% are government-run. So uh, in terms of reputation, do you think that an independent school um, has a different reputation to, to that of the public schools? 
Well, this is mm. a, currently it's a vexed issue because mm. um, there are more people who are opting for independent schools right now, and the government seems to um, think that it's a problem, and I'm sure it is a problem for many people. So it's something that they tr- need to fix up because the the standard in a government school seems to be um, less, not as good as those in a in an independent school. Um, but that's just a generalisation because there are some government schools, which um, namely the selective schools in Melbourne, for example, we've got Melbourne High or mm. McRobb Girls School. Um, they generally perform very well. And there are many high schools which do perform very well in terms of the VCE. But um, it seems that more people are opting for um, independent schools, not just because of their academic standards, but because of the different activities um, that they offer. Um, might be because of the better facilities that they have in compared to government schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and also because parents might choose private schools based on their values, for example. Mm. I suppose uh, when it comes to the costs of education, when it, uh, for a government school, for example, I think maybe it's three to, to $500 as a, as a nominal fee which is given to, uh, to the school for, uh, you know, to cover certain expenses. But with an independent school, you know, the cost is, can yeah. be significantly different. That's right. You know, uh, certainly, it depends on the uh, independent school, but uh, there are some out there that cost eighteen thousand Australian dollars a year, which would roughly be twelve to thirteen thousand US dollars. Um, so, uh, you know, it's quite a significant expense for sure. Yeah. So, have your parents got their money's worth? Ben? Um, <laughs> I think, in terms of um, senior school, definitely, because of the different variety of activities that they offer at my school. Um, I'm highly involved in the music school mm. and um, so I'm in many orchestras and quartets and I think it's mm. a great experience to be able to um, play in a concert and also to perform in competitions mm. things like that um, and also because of different activities such as debating um, public speaking drama and in particular sport, mm. there's a lot of um, sporting activities which are on offer at this school. So maybe it's a good point uh, to, you know, to talk about your German experience. How did the German school differ to the school that you're currently at? Did, uh, in terms of contact hours, the, the relationship between the teacher and students, you know, and co-curricular activities, what differences yeah. can you point out for us? Well, there was a very, very big difference um, in terms of the Australian school system and the German school system. I think the biggest difference is that they have half-day schools. So school basically starts at 7 o'clock and finishes around about 1 o'clock. And it's common for Germans to have their lunch at home, as lunch is their their biggest Mm. meal of the day. They usually have that at home. Um, So you would have a sandwich here at school or you would go um, to the the canteen? Well, usually there's morning tea around about 10.30 and that's when um, people would have a sandwich or go to the canteen at school. Mm. Um, But here in Australia, it's it's very different because it's a full day school, uh, sorry, whole day school, um, and school usually starts around about 8.30 or 9 o'clock and finishes at 3.30. So it's a very hectic day, and usually there are activities after school, for example, sport training or um, in 
in independent schools and government schools, they do have sport training mm. or different activities after school. So sometimes students don't even finish school until about five o'clock. Mm. Mm. But I think that's really common in um, a lot of whole day schools, not only in Australia, but in um, America and England as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So how about the relationship between teachers and, and uh, students? How does it differ? I think um, I think the relationship seems really rigid. There seems to be um, more. It seems to be more rigid. More formal. More f- yes, more mm. formal. I think um, that it's not a very relaxed environment. I think the the teachers and the students can have a, a nice conversation with each other. Mm. Um, it's more like teacher and student. So mm. it's it's a very conservative environment in school. And um, in terms of the environment within the school groups, um, it's, it's, um, it's not as relaxed as here in Australia. I think most of their friends aren't actually from school, but mm. from outside school. Mm. How about um, with German students, their attitude towards learning a foreign language? A second or third language. How do you think it differs to the attitudes, uh, the attitude here in Australia? Well, it's very different because not many students in Australia do learn a foreign language. It's not recommended. It's it's not a compulsory subject. Mm. Whereas in Germany, you must learn English. It is a compulsory subject in all three schools. You mm. must learn English, and German obviously is another compulsory subject. In the gymnasium usually people also opt for another second language and they're usually a European language mm. um, and even in the Realschule you can learn another language mm. if you wish to but it seems that in Germany people really do want to learn another language I think it's ma- mainly because of the fact that Germany is so central in Europe and because of its strong relations mm. with other European nations especially in the EU that um, most of them do try and learn a second language. And I think it is useful as well because in terms of in terms of getting a job in Germany, they do look to see whether you can speak a foreign language. Mm. So after English, what would be the favoured language, it, do you think? It's usually um, French. Mm. Um, I think it's because France is nearby and they usually do a lot of trade. Mm. They have a lot of trade links with France. Um, whereas here in Australia, not many students do learn a foreign language. If they do, it's mainly a for, it's mainly a, a language from Asia, um, and Chinese mm. is becoming quite popular, and Indonesian has been popular mm. for many many years. For Year Twelve, I know that uh, the figure is ten percent of Year Twelve students study a foreign language. Why do you think that percentage is so so small? I think in terms of foreign languages, they are it is quite a difficult subject compared to the other subjects that you can choose. In fact, in Victoria, when you do your VCE and you do a foreign language, you do get bonus points simply because it's such a difficult subject. And... Um, do you think that there's a lack of enthusiasm from the students or they maybe cannot see a relevance or a necessity to acquire another, a second language? 
I think the problem is that the government doesn't really encourage students to learn a second language. Um, they're not actually forcing students to learn a second language. For example, in Europe, where they do mm. force students to learn a second language, where else here, here in Australia, people don't take it seriously. They're happy speaking English the whole time, and but I think this attitude is changing because they see Australia in the global spotlight now. A lot of Australians are working overseas, especially in Asia. Mm. So I think that's why. Asian languages are becoming more popular than um, European languages. So, you're uh, you nearly finished your Year Twelve studies, and next year you're heading off to university. Are you going to continue with your German studies? Uh, yes, you can do a diploma of modern languages in many universities, and that's what I'm planning to do, majoring in German. Um, some students do an arts degree, and you can take subjects in a foreign language if they wish to. But I think I'll be opting for the Diploma of Modern Languages because I'm already doing a double degree. Well, I'm planning to do a double degree. Mm. Very good. Well, I hope you continue with your with your German studies and uh, enjoy your final days at school. Okay, the conversation that Ben and I have just had will be available as a transcript on the site www.worldlanguagespodcasting.com. Thanks for listening.